0: Welcome to the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. Each week these idiots pair cocktails with comic books. You can find the cocktails, drinking game rules, and playlists on the blog at funnybooksandfirewater.com. While at funnybooksandfirewater.com, you can also find a drinking game rule to play while you listen to each episode. You can follow us at FirewaterCast on Twitter, and Funny Books and Firewater on Facebook and Instagram. This is episode 162, Pretty Deadly, part of our Written by Women
1: Month. Hey, and welcome to episode 162 of the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. This week, we are continuing on our month of women writers, or Written by Women, I think we called it, with Pretty Deadly by Kelly Sue DeConnick. See, Lana, I told you we're all morons, and I fixed it all in editing. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, Speaking of which, we have a special guest, and since it's ladies first, we'll we'll start with Lena. Hi, Lena.
2: Hi. You want Um, to tell us a
1: little bit about yourself?
2: Yeah, I guess so. Uh, I'm Elena. I am an Mm -hmm. event planner uh, located in the Connecticut, New York area, and uh, I've come to find that I am friends with the nerdiest people in the world. (laughs) Yes, you have.
0: (laughs) Yay.
1: And we suckered her in. We're like, we're doing a month of women writers, and we have no women on the show. So to keep us from being a sausage fest, she has been so kind as to step in. Or did in, we, so we appreciate lasso it.
3: her in?
0: Because
3: it's a western book yeah. this week. Anyway, I'm, we're going to move on. You. Yeah,
1: yeah, no. <laughs> Here with the dad jokes, even though he's not a dad, we have Mr. Jason. Thank you.
3: Yes, I'm Jason. I'm a writer in Los Angeles, (laughs) temporarily working in the game capture department for a trailer house. Uh, And uh, here is your weekly WGA update. Uh, So if you remember from last week, the WGA filed a civil lawsuit against the ATA, the Association of Talent Agencies. And the wife of the initial judge assigned to the case used to work for one one of the big agencies, so the WGA used their only preemptory challenge to remove that judge on the basis of prejudice Uh, that has actually since succeeded and a new judge has been assigned Uh, the next part in the process won't actually happen until sometime in october unless the agencies decide to file their own preemptory challenge and in the meantime writers and showrunners and a few studio execs have gotten together at a few wga mixers to uh, do the job of agents in uh, doing their own networking so yeah and
1: someone being very fancy and all Hollywood was that one of those mixers. Mm.
3: Yes, he shall remain nameless. Yeah, he shall. <laughs> he shall.
1: Uh-uh. <laughs> anyway, he shall. Not remaining nameless and actually a dad.
4: We have Mr. Todd. I am a dad. That's still kind of weird to say. You know that, <laughs> the fact yeah. that I'm responsible for like someone else's like life and I'm like, yeah. I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, Someone made a wrong call. Uh,
1: that would be I your almost, wife. She made the wrong call, but that's okay. I know. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs>
5: <laughs> that's you blame go. the woman.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, now. Hey, now.
4: <laughs>
2: so, yeah, I'm Todd.
4: I'm based out of here in Salt Lake, Utah. Um, see me around, say hi, I do this podcast. Sometimes I do other ones, but it's been a hot minute, so... Uh,
1: yeah, that actually yeah. That reminds me... I am apologizing for... I missed, like, another week, so, like, we're, like, a week off and publishing these right now. Uh, sure. Frankly, the, the, the deal was, as you heard, I was doing, like, multiple gigs, and then I went on vacation, and, like, I... Like, literally just had absolutely no time whatsoever to to do it. And between...
4: You go on vacation, you get paid nothing to do this, and you missed it, and you let vacation win... How dare you, sir! I know, How
1: dare I you! I know, I know, I know. I'm a horrible, horrible person. But you know, hey, you. You.
2: I was very upset that there wasn't. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm sorry. One <laughs> of these well, weeks well,
5: someone was. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: Seriously, that's why we have to put people on the show. Eventually, everyone will just be on the show. We won't have any listeners. We'll just have participants. That's what's going to happen.
0: We so, need a round if you'd like to round up
1: We do need to round up William. William, email me yeah. back um, or anybody else who wants to be on the show just for fun. Email me at uh, funnybooksandfirewater at gmail.com if you want to be a guest on the show and talk to us morons. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out. It'll be great. That'd be awesome. Uh, speaking of not a guest and also not a moron, uh, we have Mr. Adam.
5: Well, I'm glad you kind of <laughs> added that little part at the end of it. So I thought you were going to be like, "And here's another moron." Yeah. Hey, guys, this is Adam, uh, reviews editor and film critic for Big Shiny Robot. Uh, still trying to figure out what we're doing on as Hell podcast with Andy Wilson. Hi,
1: Andy. Hi, Hi Andy. Andy.
5: Uh, And then, of course, I actually recorded today uh, uh, over at Cinema Queens with our good friend, Chris. Hi, Hi, Chris. Chris. Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. Uh, And we've talked about this before, and we're going on with this, that we are planning to do a crossover episode. So Cinema Queens will come on and do an episode with us. And then everyone here will come over on Cinema Queens and review uh, an LGBT movie. We've picked a superhero theme for the month since we're kind of going with the whole comic book thing. Uh, The three movies for sure that we're doing is uh, Deadpool (laughs) 2. X-Men 2, X-Men United, Wonder Woman, and the fourth one we're, we're still kind of deciding on. We kind of went with Suicide Squad, because so I want to be able to rant about it. <laughs> uh, and, of course, the, with the whole Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy thing, uh, there is a really cool-looking uh, DC animated series about Constantine, and since he's by, I thought that might be kind of fun to go with that. But we're still, that fourth one's still in the air, so we'll sit down eventually and figure out uh, what book we're going to do, and then also what movie we're going to do. So. Um, my
4: vote's on Howard the Duck.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nobody need them duck-duck titties.
4: <laughs>
5: Interspecies
1: erotica. You can do clerks, too.
5: <laughs> Kelly can be a guy's name, too.
1: <laughs> I miss my donkey. Yeah, the other one I would just throw out there, I don't know if it totally falls under your category, but uh, Dr. Marsden and The Wonder Woman is actually really good, as well.
5: Oh, That could be a good one, too. Um... I don't know if we want to have two Wonder Woman movies. I mean, it would be actually kind of an interesting pairing, actually. Yeah, we actually, I, I, Eddie, bought that a long time ago. We meant to watch it, and then just never. I loved it. I
1: thought it was amazing. So, um, actually, you could do it. You should do your first double feature. Watch that and Wonder Woman together. Hmm. Maybe. Yeah that's, that's right. maybe of a no fuck you i caught that
5: <laughs> no the, the problem we're having is the same problem we had here is that with my work schedule and his work schedule trying to coincide a day off or a time off where we can do it i mean we missed two weeks because we just there was no way to get together to do yeah. this so i mean thankfully this weekend next weekend i have sunday off so it makes it really ideal to do that but unfortunately even when those days half off happen it's like oh he's got plans or i've got a screening or something so
1: we got all through that. So, Mr. Todd... Oh, uh, before we mention it, uh, Mr. Maya is uh, off wrestling or something. Uh, he's running around in spandex, so he's uh, he's not here joining us this week. So, uh, we miss him, but we'll see him soon. Uh, but, Mr. Todd, speaking of Mr. Maya, what is your myification for this book?
4: So, it's really a Western horror mythology, is how this mm-hmm. breaks down. Yeah. Is that even what Image says? Image says Western what fantasy. Western fantasy. Ah, there's a lot of horror and mythology elements yeah. in there, too. Yeah. So I kind of see it as an Unforgiven meets a Vampire Hunter D kind mm. of
1: a thing I, I would call so, it Unforgiven yeah. meets Sandman. Sure. There, okay. There's some Sandman elements to it, in my opinion. Yeah,
0: yeah I see that.
1: Yeah. So... Well, cool. So, yeah. Well, then let's jump into votes as to whether or not we believe it is worth you, our dear listeners, hard-earned time, money, and effort to go hunt this book down and give it a read. And since we actually conned someone into going in and reading it, Lena, what's your vote? Yes. Okay. Mr. Jason. Also a yes. Mr. Todd. Yes. Mr. Adam. Yeah, yes. I'm kind of with Mr. Adam. Uh, yeah. Yes and sort of. I, I, th- I think yes for a very particular type of reader. I don't think it's a general audience kind of book. But... Uh, Cool. So that's a majority of us voting saying yes. So of course, what else do we need but a drinking game to go along with it? Uh,
5: Mr. Adam, what is your drinking game rule? Uh, So this is a once per page uh, (laughs) drinking game rule. It's called bang, bang. Every time someone shoots a gun. Okay. Okay
1: uh mine is called the talking dead uh which is take a drink every time there's a voiceover from a dead rabbit <laughs> and you can pretty much just do that at the beginning of each issue you don't have to do it like every single time because that would probably kill yeah. you uh lena do you have a drinking game for us
2: i actually do it's super cheesy it's sing to me so anytime mm-hmm. someone sings to yeah, nice. gin.
1: yeah that's mm-hmm. a good one that's not a cheesy so, yeah. one I'd be proud of that one. That's a good one. <laughs> Stay proud with your it drinking game rule. It took
2: me role. quite a minute. Yeah.
1: Uh, Mr. Jason, what is your drinking game rule?
3: Uh, mine is called Death Tax. Anytime death is used as a proper noun, take a drink.
4: And Mr. Todd? Mine is called The Red. Every time the art in the book has the um, red as a jarring, juxtaposed color compared to the rest, you need to take a drink.
1: The irony of how much stuff you do with color just kills me. I love it. it. is Isn't yeah. it great? <laughs>
4: So Todd is fairly colorblind for those who don't know.
1: Fairly. Well, we covered it in a, in a couple of weeks ago because I was editing that episode. It's supposed to
4: come... You're assuming everyone listens to every episode. Okay, valid episode? point.
1: <laughs> so, I do. Yeah, see, Lana does. Well, thank you. That's why she gets to be on the show. <laughs> I don't have to listen to it. I love it. <laughs> uh, Cool. So, let us jump into playlists, some songs to listen to while you're reading this. Um... Leno, do you have a song for us? I do.
2: Um, Big Empty by Stone Temple Pilot. Oh,
3: that's a good call. Mm. Uh, Mr. Jason, uh, I couldn't choose between these two Johnny Cash songs, so uh, God's Gonna Cut You Down and When the Man Comes Around.
1: Uh, Also speaking of Johnny Cash, Mm. Mr. Adam. Uh, Again, Johnny Cash, Riders in the Sky. And then speaking of riders, Riders on the Storm by the Doors. (laughs) And Mr. Todd. Mine is She Visits Me
4: by Vast.
1: Hmm. Okay, I'm thinking I'm remembering that song. Maybe I'm making it up that I'm remembering that song.
4: I think you're making okay. it up,
1: but it's. A I remember the song band for Vast for some reason.
4: <laughs> yeah, you, I bet you probably do. But yeah, this there is was- a rather stripped down song as compared to some of his other overproduced okay. stuff.
5: There was a, a really great pirate, pirate cover band called Vast. <laughs> Avast. I actually, when I was in North Carolina, I went and saw a Viking mm-hmm.
1: metal band named uh, Thunderlip that were actually pretty amazing. <laughs> uh, they had a song called "Bad Day on the High Seas," which was pretty awesome, and uh, "Laser Hawk," which was about a hawk with lasers in its ta- uh, laser talons. It was uh, they were classy but awesome. Uh, that sounds yeah. True. True. It was super fun, actually. <laughs> I think it also. I mean, to be fair, in my criticism of them, uh, it was also a two dollar vodka Red Bull night at that bar. So, um, so they sounded amazing. Oh,
2: so puzzle, pieces, yeah. puzzle.
1: I, <laughs> I was bouncing off the walls just a wee bit. Um, so yeah, there's that. Well, cool. Uh, well, then let's jump into cocktails to uh, to have a drink while we're. uh, reading this book and listening to some tunes and playing a drinking game not necessarily wanting to play the drinking game with these cocktails because knowing us that would probably kill Mm -hmm.
5: you (laughs) i did mine once per page
1: that's true well mr adam what is your
5: cocktail uh so mine's called the revolver i'm going to take one and a half ounces of bourbon a half ounce of coffee liqueur and three dashes of orange bitters you're going to add that to a shaker filled with ice you stir it don't shake it you know don't be like James mm-hmm. Bond. Um, and then strain it into a chilled martini glass Glass and garnish with an orange peel. Awesome. Uh, Mr. Jason, what is your cocktail? Uh,
3: mine actually sounds somewhat similar. It is called Pale Rider. Three-quarter ounces of wa- uh, rye whiskey, three-quarter ounces of dry vermouth, three-quarter ounces of Grand Classico bitters. Add all the ingredients to a mixing glass and stir with ice to dilute and chill. Strain it into a martini glass and then drink to enjoy. Awesome. How
4: much bitters again?
3: Three quarter ounces, so equal parts. That's a lot of bitters. That's a lot of bitters. <laughs> yeah, but it, but it's a bitters that can be uh, had meat. So apparently, okay, that sounds yep. interesting.
1: That's yep. a lot of bitters. Okay. Okay. Uh, Mr. Todd, what is your cocktail?
4: Mine is called the Bourbon Cowboy. That's so an it's awesome a-
1: name, by the way. That'd be a great band name. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it is a good name. So, you know, want to have a tumbler glass filled halfway with ice, add two ounces of bourbon, one ounce of Southern Comfort, a teaspoon of fresh lime juice, and a teaspoon of lemon juice. Um, stir it together, and then put it garnished with a lime nice. ice. Uh,
1: mine, I feel like I do this every time we do a Western book, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, mine is Campfire. Mm-hmm. It's two shots of Campfire whiskey, which is my personal favorite. Uh, neat. Uh, which is made by High West Distillery. A product of Utah.
5: Go home state. <laughs> and actually, I'll... I'll never forget, the first time I had that was when we were all up here like around New Year's, when yep. you came up. And that mm-hmm. was when I learned I do like whiskey, I just don't like shitty whiskey. And I remember the waitress came over with a little um... It's the like, little, like, the, like, the sampler, and she's like... Because we like, all had three of them. And she's like, You know, make sure you do the campfire last, because you will overwhelm your palate. And sure enough, it's like drinking a liquid yeah. campfire. It's delicious. But it really... They're not kidding when they no, call it I campfire.
4: I made a... Introduce you to some stuff called Lefroyg. <laughs> oh my god!
5: Lefroyg <laughs> <laughs> La does it taste
4: no. no, it's um, it's a Scottish whiskey that's a little bit smoky. Uh,
5: yeah,
1: and if, if it if it's smoky for Scotch, then you know it's it'll be a thing.
4: It's a little bit. It, it's it's yeah, it's smoky as hell.
3: Actually, I think I had that last weekend.
4: So yeah, for those that that's, like it, it's very great. Very good stuff, though. Yeah. And for those that don't like smoky whiskeys, it is your enemy.
1: Okay. We'll have to try that. And last but certainly not least, Lena, do you have a cocktail for us?
2: I do. And it's super um, simple. And if you know me, then you know I am a big gin drinker. So it is called Crow's Nest. And it is one ounce of gin and one ounce of sweet cherry. Mm -hmm. And uh, you just pour it into an ice-filled Glass and an old-fashioned Glass and garnish with a lemon twist Have I ever told you my favorite
1: quote about uh, Gin Uh, It was um, I believe it was uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald Used to say that he drank gin because uh, His friends couldn't smell it on his breath And his friends said, yeah, we could (laughs) 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 I can't remember where I read that I read it somewhere and I was like, that's funny shit (laughs)
4: So wait, that is a man who died at what? 44 yeah. from alcoholism? Yeah.
1: So anyway, that that says a lot, but uh, and I also really I do like <laughs> gin as well myself, actually. The only alcohol I don't seem to like is tequila, but that's a whole different thing. Oh, yeah, well, you know.
4: Oh no, the right tequila is great, guys. The right tequila,
1: it is, don't but I, I typically I don't typically have the right tequila, apparently.
2: Well, if you ever decide to do another shot of tequila in uh-huh. your life, Mm -hmm. use cinnamon instead of salt really it's so much better yeah really oh yes for my last birthday i was told that we were doing tequila shots and we did very nice tequila shots at 33 Uh (laughs) and um the bartender was the one that said do use cinnamon instead of salt and it made all the world of difference it was so good
5: i'm gonna keep fascinating good to know what kind of tequila was it
2: oh i have no idea (laughs) It was a. It was ten dollars a shot. So,
5: like, like Wabo or something like that.
2: I don't. I honestly have no idea. It was oh, okay. one of the guys I was with was like, "We're doing shots," and I'm like, "You people are crazy."
5: So did they I'm still do the? Like, like, oh, sorry.
2: Oh no, it's okay. I just I'm like I'm not 21. I'm turning 33. Like, I'm do a freaking shot. So.
5: Do they still use like the lime?
2: Yes. So okay. you can, we we didn't use lime. We used lemon.
1: Lemon and cinnamon. This mm-hmm.
3: has got me very intrigued. Bizarre. Yeah. Yes.
2: Yes. It was very different, but it was so good. I'm so actually good.
1: planning I'll be in Utah for basically the month of June. We may have to try this. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll try it on air and we'll see. Lena, you may have to join us for whatever episode that is when we do that so that we can either blame you or, or praise you.
2: <laughs> I think okay. you praise me. At least I thought it was yummy and I'm not big on okay. tequila. I'm going to so. have to try that out.
1: All right. Well, that was a lovely little lesson in uh, tequila drinking. Uh, do we have any final warnings for this book <laughs> before uh, we
3: send people off to read it?
5: Uh, you will have to pay attention when you read it. Don't <laughs> yeah. read it if you're tired
1: at all. Yes.
3: Yeah. Uh, and there, there is both uh, female and male nudity.
1: Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, you say that like it's a bad thing.
3: No, no, no. I'm just letting people know.
5: Okay. Some people don't like that. Well, and I think it's about time they kind of un- un- release the penis. A lot of times, you just get exactly. the titties, and you know. We deserve the pain every so often. Well, I mean, you did get Batawang. <laughs> did get Batawang, and, then, and I actually have, like I don't think we're like $120 they bucks are, now. They are, they're going for like a lot. That...
4: Really? Yeah. I've got it, but well, okay. we Yeah, I'll,
5: I'll
4: look it well, up. we well, were at that happens. shop
1: in uh, Fullerton, California, Todd, where they were selling it for 100 bucks.
4: Right, but I kind of view that as an I dare you pricing. You <laughs> know what I mean? It's like, oh, this is our front, front and center here, and you buy it, and here's the cover price, and yeah, I dare you to buy this off me. Okay, so, I mean, yeah, yeah. I could be wrong. I, I guess
1: I'm
5: wrong. I but, mean, yeah. maybe, I don't know. Maybe that's what it's actually going for. You, yeah, not. they got one for 150, like on eBay, and they got a CGC graded one going for 300. Okay, hold up, hold up, hold up.
1: Why would you get it CGC rated? Because like, if you're gonna buy it, you want to see Battle Wang. What's the point in having it? Well, I mean, you can go on Google and look I up
0: Battle Wang.
4: So you can say I've got the first instance of Bat Dick going on here. Yeah. Okay, just,
3: hmm.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Get that bat big though.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah, on Amazon the
1: 140. Jesus, 140 on Amazon <sighs> for Battle Wang. Okay. <sighs> We're in the wrong business.
4: And the thing is, the book's fine, but it's not that great. Yeah. I mean, the art's amazing. The story's oh, the art's amazing. fantastic. Yeah. Who's the artist? The art is amazing, but it's Lieberman. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, he does great work.
4: So he did the whole thing. Right, and Brian Azzarello is the writer, and he does... Sometimes he's a good hit, sometimes he's a miss. I mean, this is the same guy that wrote the opening to Killing Joke, the animated
1: Yeah, that's one of his misses.
4: So, it's not a complete miss, but... Nah, it's a bit okay. off target.
1: Len, are you pro or con Battle Wing?
2: I have absolutely no idea what the hell y'all are talking
5: about. Okay, so I'll, I'll go in with this. So, Batman Dan came out. It's like an oversized, like bigger than normal size comic. And it created a lot of controversy because it's an initial print run. You see Batman's dick like twice. And so. It was a big, huge thing. Everyone was freaking out about it. Got <laughs> all this press, and then
4: it's a
5: big, huge, uh, thing.
0: <laughs> it was a big, huge thing. Yeah.
5: <laughs> hey, if if you are a billionaire, you can make sure it's big, unless you are Trump. Um, so it was this huge blow up about it, and then DC's like, "Oh shit!" Well, because they were gonna release a second printing, and then they said, "Okay, well, the second printing is going to be edited, and we're gonna edit all the digital copies." And then they decided that we're not even gonna do a second printing. So now it was like, what, like a hundred thousand print run or something like that for the first edition? Yeah, a yeah, hundred thousand of these are in existence. Yes. Yeah, and so th- they instantly became collector's items.
2: I don't understand. Are people upset because they didn't think Batman <laughs> had a penis to begin with? Or <laughs> you know, and I... this is
4: the same publisher as Watchmen. So you see yeah. Blue Dick like exposed in all its glory and nobody uh, bats an eye.
2: Yeah, I I guess I'm I'm just confused, like I thought that I thought Batman was quite the like yeah. playboy, like Bruce Wayne was a playboy. So obviously he has a dick. <laughs> like, I don't understand what the dick problem Ray is. Said, yes.
5: But it was it
2: wasn't so <laughs> much.
5: It wasn't the fans that were freaking out. It was like, and I still go back to saying this was a yeah, publicity stunt. Yeah. Was that it was DC trying to drum up you know more interest in this book than it deserves? It's, it's okay. It's not again the art's amazing. That's about it. But. They're the ones who said, oh, no, we made a mistake. And I mean, I don't know. We've all seen the Batman porn parody, I'm but sure. It, so we already it, know it, what it looks
3: like. In, in fairness <laughs> to the, the amount of publicity that came up around it, we have been inundated with uh, titillating women in comic books since they've been around. So it's about time that a more prominent penis did come about.
1: <clears throat> a more prominent penis, yeah. also a sure. great band name, <laughs> by the way.
4: I like that, uh, yeah. They weren't coming like to Warped God Tour. <laughs>
1: yeah, but Warped Tour got canceled, unfortunately, because they were so afraid of the prominent penis. Who wouldn't be? Uh, it's true. I'm a prominent <laughs> penis.
4: Okay. You know, they're only opening bands, though. <laughs> I don't know if I want to touch that joke or not. I'm, uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: That's where, like, the back even, of your head just goes danger, <laughs> danger, <laughs> danger. Don't go there. Not even
3: just the tip of the joke. I need an adult. Oh,
1: there he goes. Okay. Oh, oh, no. No. oh. I, mean,
5: I would
4: probably <laughs> shame <laughs> you, but my phone's <laughs> dead.
1: Uh, I took the shame bell off yeah.
5: my phone, unfortunately.
2: Thank you for coming, Elena. Yeah.
5: Uh, Aren't you so glad you're here? (laughs)
2: Oh my! Well, first off, I talk to Jason all the time. I get this anyway.
1: (laughs) 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 No, but I I don't know if I mentioned it earlier. But I I was talking to late on the uh, text message, and she was like, "Well, I'm a fr- like you guys seem to know what you're talking about." I'm like, "Oh no, it's all in the editing. We're morons." <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Which, by the way, I ended up reading to my friends that I was with oh. yesterday, and I was—they were like, "Oh, so it'll be fine." <laughs> like, yeah, I get
1: wrong,
5: right? We are morons. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> so you, this is kind of funny. So I'm, while we're talking, I'm just on comicsology, looking at random shit. And they're showing um, Spider-Man Unlimited from like the mid, the mid to late 90s. And the cover is him fighting Carnage. And it's like <laughs> the headline is Spider-Man throws down with cardiac cardiac. They spelled Card- it wrong. No, it's Carnage. Oh, that oh, up, wow, yeah. That's interesting. Hmm. Okay. So Spider-Man
1: <laughs> 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 it's gotta take his it's got a pacemaker cool uh okay well so without warning <laughs> 20 minutes ago right. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay so we're gonna take a little bit of a break um you're gonna hear the same ad as you did last month because i played <laughs> the wrong ad all last month so there you go so uh thanks it's two months out of us oops sorry <laughs> sorry the box go listen to the box as well sorry about that uh anyway uh, so we will see you on the flip side
0: While we take a break, here is a message from one of our fellow Hello Sweetie Network podcasts.
2: Hi, everybody. This is Matt.
5: And I'm Trevor. We're the co hosts of the Nighthawks Podcast, a movie podcast for people who like to stay up late.
2: We've just joined the Hello, Sweetie Podcast Network, expanding our podcast empire and bringing the world to its knees.
5: Take a seat in the Nighthawks Diner with us. We're going to talk to you about movies.
0: We've got new movies, old movies, movies we love, movies nobody loves.
5: You can find us on Stitcher, iTunes, and at NighthawksPodcast.com.
0: Hi, that was pretty good. Do you think they'll listen? The good ones always do.
1: Who wants to do the plot summary? Because I don't understand Not this book.
2: Not me.
1: I don't know if I understand this book. That's the problem. Like, I'm like, I don't know if I can do the plot summary. Because that's the problem I had with this book. The first time I read it, I'm like, I don't think I get it. And then I read it th- there was a couple times where I was reading this time, I'm being like, I think I understand what's going on now. And then I'm going, No, I, I don't think I do.
3: No. I, I can I can try to do it then.
1: Okay. Okay. We'll we we'll, we'll let the fancy pants writer you know, oh, great, okay ex- explain it to us.
3: Setting me up for failure. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. That's how, that's how I roll. Yeah. All right, we're ready.
1: Yeah, we're ready to go. Whenever you are.
3: Okay. Uh, so. Uh, the- <laughs> um, <laughs> so every, every issue of Pretty Deadly Volume One uh, starts with the uh, skeleton of a bunny and a butterfly, uh, essentially narrating this um, this story of a young girl named Sissy and her caretaker uh, Foxy or Fox. Who is protecting her for a reason we don't understand? Uh, the story starts with uh, the introduction of Sissy and Fox in this western town, and they are telling the story of uh, this woman Beauty, who uh, was in love with Mason and Mason. Abuse. Yes, and Mason who locked her way uh, Mason who locked her away in a tower because he didn't uh, like the jealous looks that other guys were giving her, uh, and she just uh, wasted away in there until when she took her own life and death came for her, but because death. Uh, saw beauty and she was so beautiful he fell in love with her as well and he took her for himself and they had a child uh and then uh let's see so that's the initial setup. And then Sissy and, excuse me, Sissy uh, steals a piece of paper from this uh, random guy in the town. And that sets off large events because when Fox looks at that piece of paper later on, uh, he understands that there is a big, uh, dangerous person who is coming to chase him. And that woman is Big Alice, um, who's a wonderfully designed uh, bounty hunter for death, it looks like. And let's see. She gets this information from um, from Johnny, who's the guy that uh, Sissy to- stole the piece of paper from. And so Alice is off uh, and chasing Fox and Sissy, who then hide out with a woman named Sarah and her family. Uh, and then the next morning, um, Fox and Sissy head out on the road. And see, Johnny is still at the whorehouse in town. Uh, yep. Thank like you, do. Uh, There is more... Uh, a lot of mythologizing within each episode or within each uh, issue, talking about the um, the maid, uh, night and the or the night maid and the day maid. Um, that doesn't really come into play a huge amount until the very end. Uh, Sissy talks about the dream she had in which um, Ginny uh, is there in this burning town. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, Ginny comes to uh, Sarah's Good. residence. Um, or is that Alice? That's one of the things that's confusing about this book is that Alice and Ginny, for me, mm-hmm. uh, end up getting a little bit confused. So uh, Ginny comes and destroys all the people around uh, Sarah's house. And then Sarah says that, I uh, uh oh, not here we go. Alice comes back. Yeah, Alice is on their tail as well. And she and Ginny fight. And then uh, Ginny kills Alice and just she just turns into a swarm of butterflies. And then uh, Fox and Sissy are still on the run. And then uh, Johnny is joined by a raven, um, who is later revealed to be a woman named Molly Raven. Uh, and then you also find out um, not very clearly that Molly Raven and Johnny Coyote are these weird um, sort of human animal um, beings that exist in, in several different worlds. And so Fox and Sissy are still in the run and they have to run before the uh, flood wipes them away. And uh, let's see, uh, Fox reveals more of the story and reveals that he is actually the mason to this beauty and that he paid a price and he was going to do this job for death in order to be with his love again. And the job was to go to this river of blood and sacrifice a, a monster that was being born there. But when he did, he saw that the monster was in fact a little girl with a blue eye and a brown eye, which turns out to be Sissy. Are we still with, is everyone uh, still with me? Have we, have we lost anyone? Yeah. Okay. All right, great. Yeah. All right, uh, so yeah. the yeah, child right comes here. and separates yeah. uh, Sissy and Fox. And then uh, uh, Sissy is woken up by um, Molly Raven and uh, Johnny Coyote on the side of the river. And they, uh, he reveals more of the story to Sissy and she realizes that she is, um, or she has some sort of destiny to play in the uh, grand scheme of things. And then Alice returns to death. Uh, She gets back her form and promises to not fail him again. And then it's also revealed that Beauty is actually still somewhat alive and with death, and she just wants to be set free somehow, but he won't let her, uh, because he has a plan to remove death from uh, the plane of existence forever, uh, because he doesn't want to do his job, but he also doesn't want someone else to do it for him. And then, uh, let's see, we've got... uh, Ginny, who rescues Fox from the river, gives him a count of five to run, and they have a a fight sequence, and she stabs him, but does not mortally wound him. Uh, It's a beautiful fight sequence, by the way. Um, Mm -hmm. And then they team up, and they uh, end up meeting up with Johnny Coyote, uh, Molly Raven, and Sissy outside of Death's door, where Alice is waiting for them, and Ginny says, tell Daddy I'm home. And then... uh, Let's see. Alice, uh, Alice, and Ginny fight, and uh, Alice Windsor. Excuse me. Uh, Johnny Coyote approving uh, once and for all. He is not a coward. Actually, ends up shooting Alice, and she returns to her butterfly form. And then they try to go uh, inside to this uh, ethereal plane of, of Death's Garden, and Ginny is not allowed access. Mm-hmm. But because. Uh, Sissy is the new death. She is allowed access. And these two uh, maids, the night maid and the uh, day maid, are then uh, reformed into one. Since they were broken, Once death decided he didn't want to do his job anymore. And then uh, she goes inside, and when... Fox, Sissy, Ginny, and Johnny Coyote are on the side. It turns into a um, a hangman's pedestal uh, where it's just a a western town and death has constructed this uh, environment for everyone and there's a large shootout and a lot of people are shot and killed. And uh, let's see. Let's see. Death is coming for them. Uh, And death dies and then sissy takes his place and that's pretty much the end yeah okay i mean obviously we're, that we're, we can go into a lot more details but i i felt like trying to give an overview of this because there are so many details already that are left out uh, it would be too confusing for the listener so i tried to give as many necessary details as possible yeah
1: well and so like the first time sure. i read this i didn't like it because it confused mm-hmm. the living shit out of me um, and that's part of it because of, I think with the the ref, part of the reason I th- I thought it reminded me of Sandman is with all the the death uh, you know in this plane and 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 that plane and like the mm-hmm. sort of the the different mythical figures going back and forth and stuff like that that is part of where I associate with it. I liked it more the second time around, but I still like didn't feel like I totally understood what was going on. And every time I felt like I caught up and understood what was going on, then I was like, no, wait, I'm wrong. That's not what I think is going on. Like, cause there, uh, there was a certain point in time where I was reading through it. And I thought that perhaps I think it's Johnny Coyote mm-hmm. and who's the guy with the, the, the mm-hmm. his eyes cut Fox, the Mason Fox, yeah Mason Fox. Fox. I yeah. thought that they might have been the same person, but at different times in the timeline, like I thought, oh, maybe that's thing and then all of a sudden they meet up and I'm like, nope I'm fucking wrong. <laughs> never mind. you know what I mean because I thought one of them yeah. might have been like the origin story happening at the same time. like there was little things like that that like I kept thinking, oh, maybe I forget figured this out and then no, I'm, I'm wrong uh, that to say, like I liked it more the second time around. It almost makes me want to read it a third time to see if I finally get mm-hmm. it, but who knows uh, but yeah. I- uh, Lena, hmm. as our guest, what are your thoughts?
2: I liked it. The only thing that I just I I, I didn't really understand the whole like sex scene and why mm-hmm. it was necessary. I get like the nudity and everything. It just didn't didn't wasn't like something that was necessary for any other part mm-hmm. of the story or the character development or anything. So it was just like eh, we'll throw it in there because it's going to be men reading it. Mm-hmm. Which is well,
1: how I, I mean. Took it. It, it, it's <coughs> interesting. I also was wondering if it was some sort of like weird historical fact that like some of the medical procedures were done by the prostitutes or something like that in the different areas, or whatever. Because like, I mean, cause it's essentially, like he's at a brothel, but they're the ones who are like taking care of his wounds, oh. which I thought was really interesting. You know, what I mean, because they, they have the thing of like she tells him it's going to sting and like whatever. And it's like, I mean, so I, it it was a weird scene. I'm not going to say that you're wrong, but I, I didn't know if it was like trying to pass on a historical fact or if it was just. If it was just weird, just to be weird. See, they really
5: are doing the Lord's work.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: so actually, I, I I can't take credit for this this uh, kind of perspective because I was after I read it, I, I was kind of like Brian. I was like, I, had, I there's something where I'm not getting here, and you know maybe I just overlooked something or anything else. And there was a great article. It's, if you just Google uh, the synopsis of this book, it'll pop up about how. Is trying to create this mythic world that has this fantasy aspect, but with the Old mm-hmm. West thing. And it doesn't quite meld. And so they actually brought up the scene in the brothel about why was that even in here? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, unless it was trying to prove like, oh, yeah, this is the Old West. Because, you know, the mm-hmm. Old West have brothels and everything else. So that was fun back then. And they kind of talked about the cognitive dissonance between what's actually happening in the story and what's trying to happen in the setting. Because, like, the way this story plays out, it could have happened any timeline. It could have happened... 2079, it could have happened today. It could have happened back in the Victorian age because that's mythos is built and that's great. But they kind of went overboard trying to prove that was in the restaurant, like the way everyone talked. It was all like, you know, mom, mm-hmm. pop, cattle, mm mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's that yeah. weird thing that, and again, like the brothel scene that we brought up, you brought up, Elena, was wasn't necessary. It wasn't really part of the story. And considering, you know, Kelly Sue DeConnick has done so much amazing things, and she's, you know, and then obviously this book mm-hmm. is full of very strong female characters. Sure. Um, the the choice to do that brothel scene still was kind of mystifying to me because we didn't need it. And yeah, maybe we could say it was thrown in for the straight, or male, or the lesbian audience, but I don't see Kelly Sue DeConnick doing that without a purpose. Um, so maybe I just I, missed missed that, I, I, or I, I need to dig I in deeper. I uh,
3: when you guys were talking, and then I was Summing uh, through the pages to see if I could find any sort of reason why it could have been uh, in there. And I think the reason might be that it it actually does uh, exemplify him being a coward. He's letting this girl and this old man uh, do this on their own. And he's obviously uh, got mm. a bigger role to play with uh, him and Molly Raven, but he's deciding to just hide away in the brothel and not really be a part of it. So I I... I I think it actually does yeah. show him as that coward that okay. uh, does eventually redeem himself at the end by like getting involved in doing something. Uh,
4: <laughs> I guess. It's there also, Adam, um, talking about setting. Volume two of Pretty Deadly takes place during World War uh-huh.
5: Okay. So this is like a time hopping thing?
4: Yeah. So, volume two does a big time jump. So the immortal characters are still there, but all of the mortal ones are obviously dead and gone. Hmm
5: okay so, that makes sense
4: yeah all right okay uh todd what are your thoughts so as brian was talking about a little bit is there's an anime called fooling <laughs> fooling yep. um i love this thing but i had to watch it like five times before i went yeah i think i understand what's going mm-hmm. on now and but it was an absolutely fascinating thing to watch how it all fit together and you felt there was an overarching theme going on, but there was just little bits and pieces that would kind of shout shout out to you and raise the flag. And you're like, this is utterly fascinating. I find this a bit similar in that way, and um, the mm. art by Emma Rios is just simply amazing. Yeah. As I'm reading this, I really see her as a bit of a combination of Liam Sharp. He's currently doing the Green Lantern run with uh, Morrison, and he... Um, yeah, and... A few other people. So it's, there's just a beauty to it. So even with like the vultures costume, the, the crow, you know, the cloak, and you've got death and Jenny and you've got this long flowing hair and you've got these other guys. I mean, they're really roughed up and there is just this, um, a detached beauty to a lot of it. And at the same time, you've got these, um, color schemes from Jordi Belair And it's very muted on the color palette. There was a a great YouTube video from Strip Panel Naked talking about this comic. Highly recommend to go watch it and you'll go, Oh my god, Jordi Belair is the most brilliant person in the world. Which I kind of agree with. But you've got very muted tones and colors and then the red comes into play even at the very beginning. And it just kind of shows death is near whenever you see red. Or characters watch it walk in, and they themselves are in black. There's nothing red about them, but their entire setting, like the inside of the bar they go into, and the outside is just completely coated in red. And like wherever this person goes, death follows. And it's a story that it's really interesting to watch, and there is so much mythology, and it is um, there is a lyricalness to it. So sometimes, as you're reading it, it's You've got what you're reading on the surface, what's going through, and yet there's something going on. It feels like Mm -hmm. behind the page that you're not quite getting. And as you do read it multiple times, like, oh, I'm getting a little bit more out of this, out of this. And what I feel it really succeeds is I go back to Jonathan Hickman's Nightly News. Mm -hmm. Very well done comic. However, I felt like he was writing of going, oh, look how smart and clever I am. Aren't I so much smarter and cleverer than you? Mm -hmm. And that really grinds me the wrong way. Mm-hmm. This doesn't feel Agreed. like she's trying to out clever us. It's yeah. just there is a lot of layers going on. And as you're reading here and then that's done really well. So it's it's one of those things you I've read this three or four times now myself. And as you read it, you go through it and you read it again. And I'm like, I did read yeah. the same thing, Agreed. but I'm getting different things out of it. And I find that so I mean, it, it's something to <clears> return to. And so someone says, oh, just read it once and you could know what's going on. And you're like, are we talking about the same thing? Because there's a lot of comics and stories of anything. It's like, oh yeah, I saw it. We're fine. And this one's like, but did you really? And as you're looking at different angles to it or as you're reading it again, it's like, now I kind of understand what I read the first time. Now mm-hmm. I'm noticing the secondary and the tertiary things going along with it. And it's just, it, it's really lovely.
0: Yeah,
2: it's funny Todd you talking about that because I feel like I've had the same conversation <laughs> with people about the movie Donnie Darko
0: Yeah,
2: that I've <laughs> seen legitimately like a hundred times like I have mm-hmm. seen this movie so many times that people, when people are like I don't get it and it's like I do I've also watched it a bunch to get right. like to, to really understand it so it is I feel like it's the same kind of same kind of feeling
1: yeah, I totally get that that Darko sort of thing and like the Foolie Coolie thing too. Like the second time I watched Foolie Coolie I finally was like, Oh, I think I know what's going on now. Uh which mm-hmm. I I think I, I don't know if I've ever mentioned what I, my theory is, Todd. Do you? Have I ever mentioned what my theory is to what Foolie Coolie is about? Yeah, oh
0: never
4: mind. Go ahead. It's, it's, uh, I, you I you no. think you think I'm wrong? No, you're right. I, I okay. completely agree. I, I
1: think Foolie Coolie" is a metaphor for a, a kid coming of age, uh, at least of his se- sexual age, I should say. Uh, because if, if you if you read, I don't know why we're on a Foolie Coolie" conversation, but uh, if you watch that, th- we are. Here we are. Uh, if you watch that uh, that that anime, every time this cute girl shows up, a weird thing grows out of his head uh, of some kind or another, like a horn of some kind or whatever, so he has a protrusion that he is very embarrassed by and keeps trying to hide, and yet the girl <laughs> is very fascinated by it and uh, ends up uh, being the uh, the solution to his growths, I should say. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway.
4: And the other thing that... With Philly Clue, that plays into it, one of the phrases repeated over and over again. And it's like, "Here I am in this town where nothing ever happens. It's also very boring." And there's like world-defining apocalyptic events at times, and everything else that is just so out of this world. So it's kind of like a kid with hormones amped all the way to the top. And at the end of the day, it's still like might be a big deal to him, and yet at the same time, it's, it's only a big deal. Yeah, it's ordinary. only a big deal to
1: him, and everything else is very normal and boring
4: and this. You know what I mean? Right. It, extraordinary to him, it's ordinary to everybody yeah. else. Okay.
1: So, yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, Jason, do you have more uh, thoughts so at it, all? It, it, It's definitely a book
3: that requires multiple readings to get more and more out of it. Because um, the first time I, I read it, I did read it a little bit quickly. And the next time I read it and I could see... Um, one of the things that I, I, I appreciated about it was that it's a, it's a mythological tale, but it also takes the time to talk about the struggles between gods, humans... And also the animals, because uh, the introduction of each issue has the bunny and the butterfly um, interacting with another animal that's going through the same process of life that they all are. This armadillo who's scared, the scorpions and the ants that get squashed, uh, the coyote that can't be tamed and does whatever he wants, mm. the hummingbird that has to fly harder and harder when it rains. It's just there's a lot of uh, instances that get sort of glossed over if you read it too quickly. Um, uh, but the one that, that stuck Mm -hmm. to me the hardest uh, when I read it the first time was actually uh, Sissy. She reminded me so much of, um, if you see a young kid who gets cancer, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. you see a lot of the parents or the adults around Mm -hmm. them uh, try to protect them and shield them. And and, um, the kid, for whatever reason, is able to have some sort of weird internal strength to just keep moving because that's all they can do. And Sissy reminds me so much of that, just this weird quiet bravery literally in the face of death um so reading it again the second time with that in mind uh, you can see when she stops becoming a kid and starts to realize okay i've I've got to do this thing and and i'm just Mm going to do it
0: yeah
1: okay i'm looking for my favorite quote out of this book but i'm I'm, i'll hunt it down if anybody has something else they want to mention
3: i'm going to ask if it's this one because i wrote this down uh when uh, Ginny and Sarah are talking, and, and I think Ginny asks Sarah, "What am I?" Sarah turns to her and says, "You're bleeding." <laughs>
1: that was not what I was looking for. Mine was—it <laughs> okay. was something to the. I think it's Fox says it. it's something. It's when they're going to meet death, and it's something to the fact that they um, only ha- life is only something that they grasp. They they never own it. They only grasp or they only hold on to it for a little while or something to that effect.
3: Life ain't ours to keep, girl. We get to hold some for a little bit, but then we got to pass it on.
1: Yes, that's yep. the quote I liked. Yep. Uh, yes, thank you. Did you no. write that down as
3: well? No, no, no. I just, I know exactly where that is because that stuck with yeah. me too.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, that was like my favorite quote from this mm-hmm. book, which I just really liked it because it was, also we're recording this on Mother's Day and the passing on of life seemed like an appropriate thing to be reading today. Yeah. Uh, anyway, now you can do the math mm-hmm. to figure out when we recorded this versus when it came out. <laughs> hey, and that fun? Yay. Uh, <laughs> cool. Does anybody else have any uh, topics they want to discuss
3: on this book? I, I mean, I like the personification mm. of death um yeah he's literally afraid of losing yeah. his job and not having a purpose <laughs>
1: yes but uh, also doesn't want to do his job anymore
3: right right um
1: i, I work with a lot of people like that
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you know uh he's the first time we're introduced to him he's literally pruning the garden um but then later yeah. on you learn more of the mythology mm. that he's actually stopped pruning and he's no longer doing his job
1: i mean there's some interesting things in here yeah uh Yeah, like here's to be honest with you. I think after I read this the first time, I didn't, I had no interest in continuing to reading. Now that we've read it and discussed it more, I'm now curious to see what the Mm -hmm. second book holds. Yeah, like that. I'm, I'm very curious to see. Like now, I'm like really interested in it, Mm -hmm. uh, which is kind of interesting. There's now, I'm now questioning. There's another book I read that I didn't really like it, and I'm almost wondering if I should go reread that because like it gets a lot of really good reviews, and I'm like I should probably reread this just to see if. Like, like witch doctor. Uh, I'm not giving witch doctor a second try. <laughs> no, I don't know. Oh, did, yeah, I? did I? I guess I did. Maybe I did. Look, uh... Remember you? the second time around. I didn't like it the first time around as much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other one is uh, monstrous. I when I first read it, I didn't like it, and and now I get such good reviews. I kind of want to check it. I, out.
3: I'm going through that one right now. I really like it.
1: Okay, yeah. so maybe I just sometimes like you just in a weird headspace yeah. or whatever, and you just you don't you don't dig stuff that later you end up finding out that you would. Yeah, I'm about halfway through the first trade on yeah. that one. I'm, it's I'm very heady it. And, okay.
3: and uses a lot of um, uh, science fiction terminology that can get lost a few times. But it, it's maybe that maybe that's yeah, what yeah, I got lost it's, in. It's, I don't know. For
4: me, it's <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it's written by well, there's account. that. No, it's not monstrous. I <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Marjorie yeah, Lou. She, she's an Is attorney. I know that because I read her bio. <laughs> um. Anyway. Right. Cool, Lana. Do you have any other uh, thoughts?
2: Um. No. I mean. I it's funny to hear you say that the first time you read it, you didn't want to, that you didn't like it and you didn't want to read the next volume. I am not a big like fantasy kind of Mm -hmm. person. I mean, the biggest fantasy that I get into is like Harry Potter. And, um, but I loved this and I want to read the second volume. I, I thought it, I just, I think the art is beautiful and, um, it kept my interest (laughs) and I'm, i'm not i don't have add but i get bored Mm -hmm. with shit real fast so like this kept kept me um wanting to keep reading and not just be like all right let's get to the like the end like how do i how do i get through this so i really liked it but
1: that's... No, I mean, like, here's the yeah. thing. is like, I'm kind of with you. I'm not really like a sword and sorcery kind of person. Um, Harry Potter is like the only real fantasy thing I get into. Like, I went and saw Lord of the Rings with Todd, but that's that's still the only time I've ever seen it is when we went opening night, and that's that was it. Uh, so, you know, it's just not totally my jam. Like, But, like, this doesn't feel... It feels mythological, but doesn't feel as Fantastic. sorcery or, or fa- fantasy. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like The back yeah. of it says fantasy, but like I think for me the thing that I don't particularly like about fantasy is these made-up rules mm-hmm. um, of like, oh yeah, this ogre has this mm-hmm. special power that you just randomly happen to find out because it's really pivotal at that moment. There's a little bit of Dues Machina that always seems to come along with some mm-hmm. of that. At least for me. Um, yeah. And so I don't particularly enjoy that. But like this one, there is a reality and a rules to the world that Seems to make somewhat logical sense within the context of mm-hmm. it. So, like, I think that, that that's one of the reasons why I think I kind of would, would like this more than like a, a typical hardcore fantasy kind of book.
4: Yeah. Have you read American Gods?
1: Are you asking me or Elena? You. I,
4: ha- <laughs> I
2: would say I definitely uh, haven't. <laughs> uh,
4: no, I haven't yet. You really should. It's interesting. Really Neil should, Gun- yeah. yeah, Neil Diamond yeah. wrote it. So, there's that lever to begin with. <laughs> But the idea it's, um people that believe in a god or something causes them to be real. And the basic setup is you've got all a bunch of the old gods that people aren't believing in so much anymore versus the new gods like technology uh-huh. and all these other things. The and internet, th- yeah. The internet mm-hmm. and the gods are um, basically it's coming to a head and there's going to be a day of reckoning between the old and okay. the new. And it's... Uh, it is quite fascinating and that's a very yeah. quick, brief, quick overview of it but it's um, I get it's, similar it's feelings out. it's worth checking out and there's a little bit of similar feelings to this there's a, as this book I think. there's I a similar that,
1: concept yeah. in uh, fables where the fables who are more heavily mm-hmm. believed in have more power and more strength to a certain extent than the mm-hmm. ones that no one's heard of you know what I mean like Cinderella is like pretty powerful and badass but you know like tom thumb who's a little less known is
5: not quite doesn't have the, sh- the strength or that kind of thing you know what i mean well and that's and that's the conceit behind american gods as well as the more followers mm-hmm. the more people they have devoted to them the stronger yeah. they become so
1: okay yeah. and
5: i haven't seen the second season yet but the first season on stars is absolutely phenomenal of american gods
4: Thank you, Brian
5: Fuller. <laughs> <laughs> then he left because Brian Fuller oh, gave it, it and Brian Fuller took
2: away. <laughs> wait, wait a second. Isn't Brian Fuller the one that did um, Pushing Daisies, yes? Yep. Pushing Daisies? Okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: Pushing they Daisies have. and Wonderfalls and um...
2: Which yeah. I watched, Brian, because you told you me think? to watch it. I liked it. I mean it's not as no, good, it's good as pushing daisies. It's one of his first I shows. It. I
1: just I really liked it. But
2: it also made me watch um, Dead yeah. like me again. The series. Yeah, don't watch the movie.
1: <laughs> that movie was terrible. It was super upsetting. Yeah.
2: Well, cool. Yeah.
1: Uh, anybody? I mean, are we good on pirating thoughts? I think we're good. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well then, let us jump into our final grades. Uh, so for this story, uh,
5: self-contained. Um, what is your grade, Adam? Uh, you know, I'll go with a, a B minus because this does kind of complete the story that we're they're given and you know as, as we heard you know does branch off into further things and kind of changes the setting that's that's so that seems kind of interesting okay. so uh yeah. mr jason
3: uh i'll give it an a minus pretty much for the same reasons but i think that that uh, sissy and fox's storyline uh, has a uh, beginning middle and end and then Ginny, who's a supporting character in this goes on and does her own thing okay
1: yeah uh, mr todd
4: i'm gonna give this a b plus um i really enjoyed it the story is all there but once again it's And not default to the script writing or anything. I feel like I'm missing things I need to come back and find. Hmm. So I'm going to downgrade her. Going to give her a lower grade because I'm (laughs) stupid.
1: Okay. Uh, I'm going to give it probably a B, I think, for an ongoing series. It does a pretty good job of wrapping up an initial storyline. And Ms. Lena
2: um i said b plus for the same thing that jason said i i thought that it was had like a good beginning middle and end i didn't feel like i had to i have to read Mm -hmm. the next volume Mm -hmm. um but i will (laughs) but yeah so
4: there's only 10 issues total, and this volume's the first five. Oh,
2: they,
1: so. they only did 10 Damn. issues? Or are they going to do another run, or is it that's just
4: what they've done total? She had, It's an image thing, so you can say, well, I guess hiatus. Oh, okay. yeah, she, she had, and whatever she had mentioned
3: in an interview that she wanted to return to it. She just didn't know in what format yet.
4: Gotcha.
1: Well, I, I can totally see it being just straight trades, you know what I mean? Because that's starting to become more of a thing because those sell more yeah. for a lot of people than... And so save your money from single issues and just put out a full trade. Like you could see that working on a show, on a book like this as well. Um, People like me. Well, same. Th- this entire show, we're all trade, well, <laughs> except for Adam, but we're all trade waiters. trades? Uh, How I many buy them in, trade. I mean, really I mean, I mean, in trades.
3: I think
5: Maya's the one who buys the issues. Yeah, Maya does buy the issues of everything.
1: <clears throat>
0: yeah.
5: I've only really got like, all I have in my hold right now is <clears throat> Batman damned and, um, the Batman who laughs and uh, Wicked and Divine. Yeah. That's coming to an okay. end. So,
1: well, cool. Uh, so for writer for uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick, uh, what is your grade, Miss <clears throat> Lena?
2: Um, I said B plus the the language really got me. It felt way too hard trying with that whole Western <laughs> piece of everything that I I just remember taking a. a african-american theater class where my teacher was like don't write this shit in just let people know where they're at and just write the characters and write the Mm -hmm. dialogue and people can put the accent on it that they want Uh (laughs) and um it just pulled me out of it because i was like wait he didn't say that right and and i'm not a grammar nut but it drove me nuts so yeah
4: gotcha uh mr todd You know, I'm going to give it an A minus. If it's causing me to come back to read it again and again and again, then there's because I'm finding more. I'm going to give that that. I think it's worth it there.
1: Um, I'm going to take a little bit of a cue from Todd and say that I'm going to give her a B because I'm stupid. (laughs) Um, I think it's more my fault that I I didn't quite understand everything, but uh, I do like it enough to want to come back and read it. So I don't want to completely condemn it, but like it it confused the shit out of me at points.
3: mr jason uh for me it's an a Uh, i usually do have a problem with writing that feels too hackneyed or forced but for whatever reason none of this really pinged me um and then Mm -hmm. with regards to it being confusing uh it definitely is at times but i found that the the slower that i uh, went and the more i paid attention to the art in conjunction with the words Mm -hmm. it made a lot more sense um so i i and i'm i want to read more and i loved this book so it's an a yeah
5: Okay. Uh, Mr. Adam. Uh, I'm going to go with the B-. I was actually going to go a lower score just because of the things I mentioned before with uh, it just kind of felt like they were trying to combine two different worlds and they were trying to go overboard to prove like, hey, look, we are a Western. Uh, and for the same reason that you said that, you know, you had to go back and read it again. I, I am intrigued now that you had a different experience the second time around, so I, I am willing to give it that second chance. Um, it just... Some of that just kind of fell off. And... You know, if I go through a second time and all of a sudden it clicks, I'll be the first to say, "Hey, I'm stupid too. I didn't get it," and I'm excited to see the next one and revise my score. But for right now, I just don't have that drive to go any further. So,
1: cool. That uh, seems fair. Uh, so for uh, art for Emma Ro- Rios, 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 Emma Rios. Uh, what is your grade, Mr. Todd?
4: A. I mean, it's beautiful. Again, I says it's the comparisons. You've got let's some Liam Sharp or Jeff Shaw. Jeff Shaw did God Country with Donny Cates. Mm, okay. Okay. So there's just some... So you take a look at some of that there. There's just... It's interesting. There's detail when there needs to be in some ways, and there's a lot of impression of detail mm-hmm. that goes along so well. And when they're down in the underworld death area, and you've got all these floating butterflies and or other things going on, and it's just beautiful and lyrical and just captures me so well. And the coloring, again, is fantastic from Jordi Belair. It's an A. Uh,
2: Ms. Lena? A. Hey, it's beautiful. Like, mm-hmm. I, I... Even just looking at the pages now, just... It's... I love it.
1: Uh, and Mr. Adam?
5: Uh, easily an A as well. It's... The, the artwork is stunning. It kind of reminds me of Yoshitaka Amano, who's my favorite artist, who did a lot of the work on... Actually, all the work on all the Final Fantasy games... Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's everything I could ever want for that. So it's my misgivings about the book have nothing to do with the art. Okay.
1: Uh, and I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm going with an A. I'll join the club. I'll be one of the cool kids today and give it an A with everybody else. Uh, cool. So for overall grades, what is your grade, Lena?
2: Um, I said A. I I really liked it. Um. After reading some of the books that you guys read in January mm-hmm. and um, some of the other books you guys have read along the way over the last few months, this is easily one of the ones that I um, I will easily reread again um, and want to read the second volume. So I I really liked it. I gave it an A.
4: Cool. Uh, Mr. Todd? You know, I really enjoy this, so I'm going to give this an A- as well. It's just top to bottom, something I'll come back to again and again, I think, so, over time. Okay, so
1: yeah. Um, I'm going to jump in and give it an A- as well with you. Um, I think really my own stupidity is what is marking it down a little bit, I will admit (laughs) to that. Um, So, uh, and that's fine, I'm okay with admitting that. Mr. Adam?
5: Uh, I'm going to go with the B, again, kind of bumping it up from my original score just because of the feedback I got from everyone here. I I am going to go back and read it again, and I... Reserve the right to change my score if need be. But for right now, as amazing as the art is and as interesting as the story is, it just it's not clicking for me. So
1: well, that gives us a GPA of 3.68, which is we'll call it an A minus, because that's just barely below an A minus. It's Mm 0.02. It rounds up to an A minus, in my opinion. So we'll call that good. Uh fantastic. Uh next week we are doing my favorite thing is Monsters. Um, who wrote that? I don't have it in front of me. Emil Ferris okay and she also illustrated it as well correct
4: she did her in that ballpoint pen my god yeah uh there's
1: another uh artist uh i think he's italian named i think he goes by giuseppe i think hey uh, giuseppe. Hey. <laughs> uh yeah Adam, you're gonna get me in so much trouble. <laughs> uh, but like, he he also draws with a bottom point pen, which looks interesting. But uh, her work is uh, is far more refined uh, than his is. But that's it's pretty interesting. It looks pretty interesting. I haven't read it yet. Uh, but uh, yeah. Uh, so who has uh, has anybody read it actually? Now that I go back. I'm in nope. the
4: midst of it. Yeah. Okay. It's not y- a y- short read, so we yes. need to start reading it now. Yes,
1: we're not reading it the day of. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Uh, well, what, Todd, what, what can you tell us about it so
4: far? Um, the main character is a person that they're... What you're basically reading, it seems to be, is a collected notebook of a, being a detective going after this mystery who also views themselves as a monster as investigating other things.
1: Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Cool. Does anybody have any recommendations for this week?
4: You know, as I said earlier, if you enjoyed this, Go watch American Gods. Go watch Fully Cooley, and enjoy yourself.
1: Okay, treat, um, yours. treat yourself. Uh, I'm gonna also go with something similar. This book also reminded me of um, a Stephen King comic book series called the uh, oh, the Tower. whatever it was the, the Gunslinger Dark Tower. Dark Tower? Dark Tower, the Gunslinger series. That's uh, that's what I read. Um, and there's something similar about it that just reminded me of that i think it's the the western slash mythological quality to it uh that and uh the ever classic sandman those are the two things that really Mm -hmm. sort of remind me that but that was not what i was going to recommend uh what i was going to recommend was i did a 5k universal studios randomly (laughs) because why the hell not uh that and the fact that i wanted to like really get up and close and personal with uh bates motel that for some reason that just really intrigued me uh it was a fun little run. There's uh, there's one hill that is a bitch, but uh, other than that, it was uh, it was fun. But they're doing another one in November. That is uh, the one I did was Minions themed. The one in November is going to be Jurassic Park themed. So if you're in Los Angeles and you want to run a little five uh, k or through uh, the backlots of Hollywood Studios and stuff like that of a Hollywood, studio, it's it's actually pretty fun. So uh, I mean. And, they, I think they're going to grow there was a few issues here and there as far as my opinion goes but uh, I think that's some stuff that they can easily fix and I think they'll probably figure it out so I think by the next time the next one rolls around I think it'll probably be good uh, so yeah and I have a really cool metal with minions running on it it's pretty bitching. Uh, <laughs> nice. yeah so sorry, what was that
5: Adam? are there bananas on it?
1: Uh, I don't know, but, like, you can, like, the outer dial spins, and so you can see the minion in the different spaces, like, so, like, you can watch the center, and it's like a, a zoetrope almost, like, you can spin and watch the minion run. It's really cool. Uh, so, yeah, I, you know, it's fun.
5: Uh, Mr. Adam, do you have a recommendation? Actually, yeah, so, obviously, when this comes out, we record in advance, um, Pokemon Detective Pikachu yeah. is officially the best video game movie ever made, uh, yeah oh, okay. It's a ton of fun. I had a blast with it. I went and saw it with Maya uh, You know, earlier in the week at this press screening. It, I, Honestly, when I heard about live-action Pokemon, I was like, ah, do we really need or want this? Uh, and the answer is yes, we absolutely do need and want this movie. Uh, it's charming. It's a ton of fun. If you're not a Pokemon fan, don't worry. It eases you in. It makes sense. If you are a Pokemon fan, there are Easter eggs just scattered throughout that you're going to have a blast looking for. Um also, it's surprisingly really dirty. Uh, there's a lot of jokes that the kids will not get. It's very Rocky and Bullwinkle, where the kids Man. are laughing because Pikachu said something funny, and the adults are like, that was really good. Uh, it's charming. It's 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 interesting. It's It made me want to go play Pokemon some more. And, you know, it a couple of little problems in the third act that kind of goes off the rails, but considering what it could have been and what it is, it's, this is definitely a love letter to everything Pokemon of the last 20-whatever years. So, If you have kids, take them. They'll love it. You'll love it. If you don't have kids, go see it. Uh, It's just incredibly enjoyable and charming.
2: Cool.
1: Fantastic. Lena, do you have any recommendations for us?
2: I do. I have one. So, Keeping with the lovely women theme, um, Someone Great on Netflix. Um, It was written and directed by Jennifer Caton Robinson and s- stars uh, Gen- uh Gina Rodriguez. And it's wonderful. They finally get millennials like right in a movie. <laughs> so, um I loved it from beginning to end and obviously there are a few things that are in it that you're like, okay, really to kind of get to the the ending that they were at, but they finally got 30, you know, that late 20s, early 30s time frame for a millennial like right on screen and it's not this like fake, way too much drama. Um, but really, really, really well done and amazing, amazing actors in it. So highly recommend it.
1: Cool. Uh is anybody else have anything else? Oh, well, I think that's it. Cool. Thank you again for joining us, Lana. You are welcome back anytime. We will suck you. you in and you know uh, we we will make you part of us, one of us, one of us.
2: Oh my uh, god! <laughs> Freaking freaks, man! You and yeah. that damn movie? Uh,
1: I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, thank you again for joining us, Lano. Appreciate it. Well, thank uh, you for
2: having me. Yep.
1: Yeah, like I said, you're always welcome back. And Yay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, cool. Well, uh, that being said, thanks everybody, and uh, we will see you on the flip side.
0: Bye. 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 Thank you for joining us. Please rate us on whatever service you listen on. And remember, at least we're not cinema queens.